Before we begin our Torah study this evening, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. I want to start this evening with a reading from Ecclesiastes 3. This passage is meant to uh, anchor us in life for these unstable times and to give a sense about how life really works. Let me read to you a few verses that I think are familiar. Ecclesiastes 3, starting in verse 1, to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. This passage really captures something about life. Life has these times and seasons, and this is the way life really is. It's the honest truth and the unvarnished truth. That's what we can count on the Lord telling us in the scriptures, not how we wish life were or a fantasy or a fairy tale about life. And I think each one of you knows this to be true about the scriptures and about the Lord. And you also know from this passage as well that we don't necessarily choose the times that we're in for one thing or another. We actually learn something through these different periods, we can live our life before God in the times of joy and the times of sorrow, in the times of birth and the times of death. We can live before God and we can draw close to God in all of those times. The Lord is present in all those different times and seasons. We may not be the master of all the times and seasons of our lives, but this we know. The Lord is the master. Our lives are hidden in Messiah. And our confidence is in him. We learn to find fellowship with the Lord in times of joy, in times of tears, in times of weeping, in times of laughing. For each of you, as for me, we go through these times and seasons, and we want to stay close to the Lord, no matter what the time is. Death and birth touched my family this week after a short but severe infection. My younger sister, Toby, passed away on Sunday. Just a few hours before on Saturday, my sister, Karen, got the good news that her daughter-in-law had given birth to a healthy son, a time to be born, a time to die. Ecclesiastes 3 catalogs so many of the contrasting moments in life and reminds us that they all come 
in their seasons, at their times, and each has purpose. In fact, these contrasting moments may conflict with each other as they are doing in our family right now. It's not so much that they're inevitable, it's that they come in their own times. Toby's death was unexpected. Karen's grandson's birth was eagerly awaited. Our hearts and our minds and souls are forced to accommodate both, even at the same time. And so we find ourselves alternating between emotions. Otherwise, we may suppress all the emotion that we're trying when we're trying to control sadness. Or we may feel guilty about the joy and try to suppress it for the sake of solidarity and mourning. It's complicated and it's complex, I think. Sandy pointed me to Ecclesiastes 3 and reminded me that we were experiencing birth and death at the same time. She reminded me that a time to be born and a time to die are not just bookends for one person's life. Though we all are born and we all will die, there's more than that. A time to be born and a time to die, one person in our family died and another person in our family was born at this one time and in this one season. We are experiencing life and death in different ways. Sometimes we experience just one. Sometimes we experience just the other. And sometimes, such as this, we experience both. Such is life, we may say. And not with a shrug of the shoulders or a tilt of the head, not with a knowing indifference or unfeeling easiness. Life contains these sharp contrasts. And we can live with honesty and with integrity, as we acknowledge the contrast. Not only that, but we can also draw closer to God and to one another as we experience both sides of life. Closer to God? Why can this be true, you may ask? And I'll tell you what I think. It's because God is with us through all these times and contrasting moments. We walk with him during all the different times and seasons of our lives, we walk with him during all the different conditions that we find ourselves in. He's not just the God of heaven. He's the God of earth. That means we can be with him and he wants to be with us in the realm of eternity and also in the everyday realm of time and space, in the realm of the spirit and in the realm of the body. It's all important to him. And that's why we can mourn before him and we can rejoice before him. I also want to recognize something else. Dave Aramabo lost his wife last Wednesday. Brenda suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. Dave came to services on Shabbat and told us. We gathered around him and his family at the start of the service and we prayed together. Some hugged, some spoke to him directly. Brenda had been suffering. She was wheelchair bound and she was tired, but she was alive and present and thoughtful and expressive. That is, she had been, and then she died. Such finality. Dave deeply misses her. He's not in despair at this moment. He finds comfort in knowing the Lord has promised to resurrect us. 
but he misses her. Rabbi Mark Greenberg passed away also after a three-year battle with degenerative disease. His family mourns, his many friends do also. We haven't been so close in many years, but I take notice of his passing and of my own limited response. Life continues. Life happens no matter what. Joy continues and happiness continues too. I read this week's Torah portion and studied it for hours. I appeared, it is titled, uh, Parshat Va'era. That's what the Lord says at the beginning of the portion. I appeared. And what follows are a few verses which reveal some extraordinary details about God and revelation. Let's read this passage from Exodus chapter 6, starting in verse 2. God spoke to Moses. He said to him, I am Adonai. Um, I appeared to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov as El Shaddai, although I did not make myself known to them by my name, yod vav which we pronounce Adonai. Verse 4. Also with them, I established my covenant to give them the land of Canaan, Canaan, the land where they wandered about and lived as foreigners. Moreover, I've heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians are keeping in slavery, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am Adonai. I will free you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their oppression, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am Adonai, your God, who freed you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. I will give it to you as your inheritance. I am Adonai. Moses said this to the people of Israel, but they wouldn't listen to him because they were so discouraged and their slavery was cruel. I want to think about some of the very important details that are covered in this short but powerful passage. I'm going to just run through them. God speaks. He spoke to Moses. God can be heard. Moses heard him. God commands and he can be obeyed. God appears. He makes himself visible at times, under his conditions and in his ways, God can be known. God cannot be controlled by those who know him. God listens, God acts, God remembers, God makes covenant, God delivers. He redeems, he makes promises, and he fulfills his promises. All of this is described in the few powerful verses that we just read. When we read them, we can learn so much about God. And I think if we read them with care and we take time, we can learn about God's nature and his ways. We can learn about his roles and his functions. And 
Now let's go back to the passage because it shifts its focus. It turns in that last verse I read to the people who God tells Moses to address, and it describes their response as well as their condition and what's happened to them. Let's read that part. It's Exodus 6, 9. Moshe said to the people of Israel, Moshe said this to the people of Israel. This is everything that the Lord told him to say. But they would not listen to him because they were so discouraged and their slavery was so cruel. Now, some translations say they wouldn't listen because they had impatience of spirit. But the Hebrew is is better rendered maybe shortness of spirit or anguish or despondency or as uh, David Stern renders it in the translation of the complete Jewish Bible that we just read because they were so discouraged. And um, Rabbi Hertz in his Chumash says in this note, the people were utterly crushed by their disappointment and they paid no heed to fresh promises of redemption. Kyle and Delich in their commentary says this, they did not listen to him because of, um, because of shortness of breath. It's because of that, not from impatience, but from anguish, from inward pressure, which prevents a person from actually breathing uh, properly. And it says the early belief of the Israelites was changed into the despondency of unbelief through the increase of their oppression. And the result also produced despondency in Moses' mind. Let's read on Exodus chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Adonai said to Moshe, go in and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel leave his land. Moshe said to Adonai, look, the people of Israel have not listened to me. So how will Pharaoh listen to me? Poor speaker that I am. Verse 13, but Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them orders concerning both the people of Israel and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Moses was saying the people paid no heed. They wouldn't listen to him. And the scripture says it's because of their condition they were short of spirit, or you could say they were brokenhearted. And I think this helps us understand something, that the brokenhearted may not be able to pay heed to, as Hertz says, the fresh promises of redemption. Because they're brokenhearted, they can't respond the way they might otherwise. So I want to talk about rebounding with integrity In fact, we will each face times and seasons, moments and events that bring us down and challenge us. And that's what Ecclesiastes 3 is all about. And that's what this passage in Exodus 6 also describes in its narrative. We will each face times when we will be brought low and we'll need to recover. And we will each face times when we can recover and we can rebound with integrity. That's possible 
when we stay close to the Lord, even, even during times of challenge and difficulty. And we can learn during those times that God does have good news for us. The catalog of contrasting times and moments in Ecclesiastes 3, I think, helps us stay alert about the differing kinds of situations we can find ourselves in, the purposes and events that may be taking place. And that can help us be alert and aware, and even to interpret what we're we're going through. So it's possible to stay close to the Lord, even when we're facing challenge and difficulty, and we can learn during the times of challenge and difficulty as well, that God has good news for us. But what about when we're heart sick or we're brokenhearted or our souls are wrecked? My answer is we bring our real condition before the Lord. We talk to him and we tell him the honest truth. This is what Moses did, and this is what we can do. And then the next part is we listen to the Lord's response. That's also what Moses did. And that means we wait. We wait on the Lord for an answer. Moses did that. And then the Lord did answer Moses. It wasn't exactly what Moses wanted to hear. So when I think about this, I think, how do we rebound with integrity? It may it may take several things. First, um, we need to be able to be with God during all the times and seasons, just not, not just the easy ones, not just the pleasant ones. We have to be decisive about that. And second, we need to talk with him with honesty. And we don't need to sanitize our feelings and our thoughts. I mean, look at the example of Moses at the end of the passage we just read. He's talking honestly with God. And he did so also in the end of last week's portion. Honesty with God. The third thing, and this is how I, I want to describe it right now. It's necessary to bring our worst feelings and thoughts to God so that we can experience his comfort, his compassion, even his correction, and his direction. But this we can know. He is near to the brokenhearted. What else can we learn to do? Here's another thing that we can learn. We, we learn to read the scriptures and to allow them to speak to our souls and our spirits. And we can learn from those who have gone before us. We read the passage from Exodus that we just read. It can speak to us. And we also pray. We keep talking to God. Even when we run out of things to say ourselves, we can pray in the Spirit, using the gifts of the Spirit in prayer. We can also use the prayers of our people, the prayers that we find in scriptures, the prayers that we use from the Siddur. And we can give voice to those prayers. We can allow ourselves to speak to God in those words. Here's a scripture from Jeremiah, call to me and I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I, I read that sometimes, and then I pray like this, Lord, I'm calling to you. 
and I know you will answer me, and you will show me great and unsearchable things that I don't know. And then I'll tell them what I don't know and what I need. And uh, it's a wonderful way to approach the Lord. In Isaiah 57, it says, the Lord draws near to the lowly and the contrite. And I'll read to you that passage. It says, this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. I have found myself praying at times like this, Lord, I thank you that you're near to me and I'm lowly now. And I need my spirit to be revived. I need my heart to be revived. You see, we can read the scriptures that teach us truth, and we can use those truths in prayer. We can put those truths into prayer. We can speak them out loud to the Lord ourselves. Yeshua's disciples were asked how to pray. One time he taught them this in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, so familiar. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We can go on in prayer like that. Or we can pray, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha, v'chol nafshecha, v'chol me'odecha. And we can pray, Baruch atah Adonai Elohei You see, there are many prayers that we that we use, that we can use for ourselves. They may be familiar to you. They may be so familiar sometimes that you don't think to use them in times of need. But I want to encourage you to use the scriptures for prayer, to use uh, the prayers in the Siddur as prayer as well. And I think about something that Yeshua taught us that's so useful when he was reading from the prophet Isaiah during the Torah service and the public reading of the scriptures one day, let me read it to you. As was his custom, Yeshua entered the synagogue on Yom Shabbat, and when he stood up to read, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we can read on. Well, I, I want to right now turn to that passage that he read from Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 3 and read that, that whole passage. The spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, 
to console the mourners in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for a spirit of despair. And so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. When I'm reading that passage, you know what? My spirit is encouraged. My heart is revived. And I find these things are true, that the Lord comes near us when we when we do this. And, and we can pray, and you can join with me in, in these simple sentiments. Lord, we thank you for your good news, Lord. And we pray, Lord, this is our hope, that we will learn to walk with you and to be close with you in all the seasons of our life and all the times that we face. And Lord, let it be that in this way, the good news of Isaiah will be recognized and the good news of Yeshua will be realized and fulfilled in our life in these days. And we pray this in Yeshua's name and we say, Amen. In a moment, we'll close with Aaron's blessing and a final worship song. But first, would you consider a generous contribution? You can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving for all the details. And now, Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha. Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasemlecha. Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord guard and protect you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you with all of his favor. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. <laughs>